Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn our attention to Malachi again. We'll just reread the first three verses. Look, I am sending my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord whom you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight will surely come, says the Lord of armies. But who can endure the day when he comes? Who will remain standing when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire, like wanderer's bleach. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You've heard the expression, be careful what you ask for. Some say, be careful if you ask God for patience because a lot of times he answers that prayer by teaching you patience through trials and troubles. It's a country song that gives thanks to God for unanswered prayers. So you look back on your life and say, well, I'm kind of glad God didn't give me what I asked for there. That was a good thing. Or maybe sometimes you look back and say, well, I did get what I asked for, but maybe it wasn't so good. Malachi says that God's people should be careful what they ask for. The one that they desire, the one they've been begging God to send, he will come. But it's not going to be what they expected when he does. What were they asking for? They were asking for that God would send his Messiah to bring justice. As they looked around them, they didn't think that there was a lot of justice going on or even that God was being just. They said, all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord and he is pleased with them. That's the way it seemed to them. They disobey God and nothing happens. While we do our best to serve God and bad things happen to us. They wondered, where is the God of justice? See, they wanted the God to send his Messiah, because they thought when the Messiah comes, well, he'll set everything right. He will come and bring judgment on those who are doing the bad things and give them what they deserve, and he'll come and he'll give us all the good things we think we deserve. God told them through Malachi, Look, I'm sending my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight will come, says the Lord of armies. God is going to do what he promised. He is going to send his Messiah. He is going to come to his temple. Someone's going to come to prepare the way before him. Then suddenly, unexpectedly, in a way that you hadn't thought of, he will come. So who is the fulfillment of the first part of that prophecy? The messenger who will prepare the way before me? We heard about him in the gospel, of course. He's John the Baptist. And how was it that he prepared the way before the Messiah? Through a message of repentance. He called the Jewish leaders a brood of vipers. He called out Herod for his adulterous relationship with his brother's wife. 
He called on all those, the, the soldiers, the tax collectors, the Pharisees who came out to him. He called on them to repent and be baptized. And then he called on them to bring forth fruits in keeping with repentance in their lives. He prepared the way for the Messiah through a message of repentance. How do you like it when you get caught doing something you're not supposed to do by authority, by your parents, by teacher? Someone calls you to repent of your sin. Not pleasant, is it? We don't like it. The first reaction we usually have is maybe just to deny it, to cover it up, say we didn't do it. Or maybe we'll be tempted to say, well, yeah, I admit it, I did it, but it really wasn't my fault, and explain how it was really someone else's fault. Adam and Eve tried that, right? Adam blamed Eve and ultimately blamed God for making Eve, and Eve blamed the serpent. Didn't work for them. Doesn't work for us either. The people of Israel wanted God to send his Messiah because they thought that he would bring justice, that he would set everything right, that he would take care of all those bad people over there. But they forgot something. They were bad people too, weren't they? They were sinful too. God prepares the way for the Messiah by calling everyone to repentance, especially those who think that they are the good people and everyone else is bad. John the Baptist still prepares the way for the Messiah today. He prepares the way for us to truly celebrate Christmas by calling us to repentance, by reminding us that although we are good people, we don't get into trouble very often, we don't get arrested, we're not sitting in jail. Maybe we've never even gotten so much as a parking ticket. But we're still not good. We're still sinful. In fact, John reminds us that if we claim we make God out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. We sin every day, not just in our actions, but also in our thoughts, in our words. We need repentance. We need a Savior because we're sinful. We can't save ourselves. Only when we realize and admit that we are sinners in need of a Savior will we be prepared to truly celebrate Christmas, to celebrate the reason he came. He came to save sinners. And we're among those sinners that he came to save. Only when we're humbled and we confess our sins will we be prepared to celebrate his coming to be our Savior, to welcome him into our hearts through faith, and to look forward to his coming again in glory on the last day. Malachi told God's people that they would get what they were asking for. Someone would come and prepare the way for the Messiah. Then suddenly, unexpectedly, the Messiah himself would come. But, he says, who can endure the day when he comes? Who will remain standing when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire, like a launderer's bleach. Do you remember what happened when Jesus did come to the temple? He made a whip. 
He chased out the money changers and all those who were selling animals in the temple courts. When they brought the woman who was caught in adultery to him, he challenged them. He said, any one of you who is without sin, you're the ones who can cast the first stone. Nobody did. They all left. Jesus, like John the Baptist, had a message of repentance. He called people to repentance. He said, your righteousness has to be greater than that of the Pharisees if you think you're going to get into heaven by your own righteousness. Of course, that doesn't work. It says, be holy, just as your Father in heaven is holy. He reminded them, he reminds us, that there's only one who is good, not us, only God is really good. Everyone needs to be cleaned up. Everyone needs to have the spots and stains of sin scrubbed away. Everyone needs to be cleansed in order to be able to stand before God. Maybe you remember a time in your life where you got into something you weren't supposed to. Maybe it was your mom's makeup. Maybe it was some paint that your dad had laying around. You got it all over. Maybe you remember that your parents might have got angry, but they didn't reject you. They got out some soap and a washcloth, and they scrubbed. And they scrubbed. Until sooner or later, makeup was gone, paint was gone, and you were clean again. That's the picture that God gives us here. We've gotten into all kinds of things that we shouldn't have gotten into, and we got caught, right? We never get away with any sin because God sees all things. But he doesn't reject us. Instead, he chose to clean us up. And the way in which we were cleaned up, well, it's not pleasant and it wasn't easy. There's only one thing that can get rid of the stain of sin, and that's blood. And it's not just any blood, it's the blood of Jesus, his perfect, his one and only son, shed for us on the cross. It cost God dearly to make the choice to clean us up instead of reject us. And the process of cleaning, well, that isn't pleasant either. It requires that we recognize that we need to be cleansed. We recognize that we're sinful, that we've sinned. We recognize that we need a Savior. It's terrifying to realize that we deserve to have God punish us, that we feel the flames of hell licking at the soles of our feet, sometimes described that way. The path to cleansing through repentance is painful, but the end result is wonderful. What a wonderful thing it is to realize that God has cleansed you. And he sent his one and only son to give you the only thing that can cleanse you, the soap of God, which is the blood of Jesus shed in your place on the cross. What a wonderful thing it is to know that your every sin has been purged away and that you can stand before God without fear. As Malachi foretold, the messenger of the covenant did come. The Messiah did come to his temple unexpectedly in a way that most people weren't thinking about or even had wanted, but he came. He didn't come the way that they thought he would. He didn't come and get rid of all the bad people, but he came to humble his own people, to call everyone to repentance. When he comes again, 
His coming will even be more unexpected. And if we're looking forward to that day with an attitude that Israel had, saying, yeah, come on, Jesus, we want you to come because this world is a mess and we want you to fix it up, not thinking that we're sinful too. Malachi says, be careful what you ask for. The way of the Lord is still prepared by a call to repentance. In fact, the first of Martin Luther's 95 theses talked about that. He said, repentance isn't just a one-time thing, one and done. But our Lord and Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ, when he said repent, meant that your whole life, every day, was to be a life of repentance. Every day, humbling yourself, acknowledging your sin, humbly asking for your forgiveness and receiving it from Jesus in faith. Jesus comes near to humble us. He points out our sins and calls us to repentance. He reminds us that the only reason we have not come to an end, the only reason we didn't get what our sins deserve, is because he kept his promise. When we rejoice each day that we have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, shed on the cross, then the Lord will have people who bring an offering in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem, the offerings of all God's people, will be pleasing to the Lord. Be careful what you ask for. Just like the Jews of Malachi's day, we too want Jesus to come near to us. We want him to come into our hearts each day. We look forward to the time when he's going to come again in glory and take us to live with him forever in heaven. But remember, the way of the Lord is still prepared through repentance. That means being humbled, admitting that we deserve God's eternal punishment for our sins. But it also means that we see that the Messiah did come, just as God promised. He came to his temple. He went to the cross, and he shed his holy, precious, innocent blood for you and for me. His blood is God's soap that purifies us from every stain and spot of sin. Amen. Please stand.